Welcome to this very special Christmassy episode of Urbane Legends. With me, uh, lovable supermarket elf Chris Flynn. And with me, as always, is a jolly bearded man who commits several home invasions at this time of year in search for mince pies, milk and whiskey. It is Mr. Neil Herbert. Hello, Neil. Any, any drinks you've got on offer? Well, they leave it out, don't they, for Santa Claus. So um, you often... Who's to say I'm not the the ghost of Christmas? Often you'll knock on the door, tie the family up. (laughs) It can get a bit funny games at times, but, you know... Rifle rifle through their uh, drinks cabinet. Maybe take a couple of presents. Um, Did you like like my Christmassy jingle jangles? It was good. It was like sleigh bells. It was nice, wasn't it? It was simply my set of keys, but um, you know that's that sounds. Oh, you're ruining the magic now, Chris. Well, you know, I'm, I think that the greatest gift that I could give anyone is a peek behind the curtain of Radio the Sound truth. Effects. <laughs> <laughs> so, how's uh, how's how's your uh, build up to Christmas been going? Have you been um, you've been going shopping galore, buying uh, prawn uh, king prawn rings, that kind of thing, uh, tangerines for. For stockings, I do. I have bought myself a Some nuts, uh, a Terry's chocolate orange. Oh, very nice. Bought it for yourself though, not not for not for the not for the oh, orphans, yeah. not for the unfortunate kids. Might consume it all over the course of this podcast. Or, <laughs> might into a food bank. Who, who knows? Is that your Christmas treat, a chocolate orange? Yeah, I don't know. I wouldn't normally have it at other times of the year. So, uh, have you yeah. been having any? Uh, hilariously Christmas themed uh, IPAs <laughs> or like like a, a Christmas pudding stout or something like that I could probably handle a stout actually um, a bit more one no I'm I've gotten a bit bored of IPAs I like them but um, uh, I don't know I'm, I'm going for less hoppy around. stuff at the moment well you're just back to the Cronenbergs yeah lovely bit of, bit of generic lager that'll do or Birra Moretti at the moment. Quite, quite. Just lager, though, isn't it? Yeah, just fizzy. Just fizzy. You've, yeah, I knew you'd come crawling back. <laughs> <laughs> I could never get on with IPAs. I thought they tasted well, shit. Well, I, I it's just, you know, you, I, I go through phases. I do quite like a lambic beer occasionally. That's quite nice. What's that? Very tart, very sour. I know sour you beer. like those really, really strong Belgian beers. Mm, they're good. That come in like a champagne bottle. They're a what bit they? naughty, they kind of too many of those. It, well, it's just it's just like a what do they call it? Um a triple or a double um double they're, like, they're like the strength of wine, aren't they? <laughs> Not quite. They're about you I mean you can get them up to about eight, eight, nine, maybe even ten percent of the really, really strong ones. But um yeah, like Leffy or something like Leffy, that. Leffy, yeah, that's that's the yeah. kind of jazz. Or um Delirium's a good one. You can nice. get that in this country now. It's got a pink elephant as its logo. Ah. So, That's cute, so very much, very much nodding towards alcohol and juice psychosis. Yeah, it, no, the, the <laughs> thing is called delir- It's literally yeah. called like delirium tremens. So it's uh, yeah, 
Oh, that's good. Good that they're, they're knowing about what they're providing. They're, <laughs> it's a nod and a wink at the, the, the homeless community. Um, <laughs> oh, you're not you're not paying three pound a bottle. You, you're going no, for did a you know, tenant super if you're. Did you know uh, the story behind Special Brew, which is uh, in Europe something which is very cheap and very strong beer that people down on their luck tend to drink? Do you know it, it wasn't always that way, Neil? It was actually yeah, it was brewed at Christmas because no. Yeah. No, it was um, it was initially brewed by Carlsberg, who still produce it. Um, they made a special batch, a special a special batch, special special brew for Winston Churchill to thank him mm. for World War Two because he liked to drink, obviously. And, yeah, he liked uh, booze. Then they just carried on making it, and um, didn't really like this syrupy, awful nonsense. It's nice and strong. You know, uh, brandy though would doesn't matter. I'll drink it. You were above neck in a G and T out of a can for Marks and Spencer. <laughs> On his way to a Hindu. Yeah. Um, so Neil, are you? Uh, what are you hoping that um, the Christmas fairies bring you this year? Got anything? Got your eye on anything? Got written anything specific in your letter to to Santa that you handed buck to him fast. when you went? Yeah, you want some buckfast? Yes. You went to see a Santa, didn't you? Went and sat on his lap, gave him your yeah. gave him your note. Um, yeah, he wasn't too pleased about that. Well, paid by you three know, quid. I'd, you paid yeah. your money. Yeah. Um, so what, nice. so you just asked for some buck fast this year. Nothing. You work in the service industry. Well. <laughs> <laughs> Probably get on with it. Yeah. <laughs> Do you know who I am? <laughs> I just sat on Santa's lap. Yeah. Um, so is that it? You just asked for some buck fast for Christmas. Nothing. Yeah, Jump, nice warm jumper. Pair of dungarees. I tell you what, I wouldn't mind that. with a teddy bear swimming to the front, something like that. That'd yeah, look, you know, that would look gorgeous. Same like a, way a for fun, work. A fun Christmas jumper, yeah. Lovely. Not like, or one yeah. of those ironic Christmas jumpers, you know, like from Die Hard or whatever. Oh, right. But you don't want a Christmas one of them. movie you see, Chris. It is a Christmas movie. No, you don't. It's, it's a bit too knowing, isn't it? It's a bit too... It's like, you're too cool for a Christmas jumper, but... Yeah. You're still wearing a Christmas jumper. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, we're defeating the defeating the purpose. Um, you're so you're so insecure that you can't just wear a Christmas jumper if you're going to wear a Christmas jumper. Yeah, exactly. You've got to be. Sort of, you've, got, you've got to try and be cool. Just don't wear a Christmas jumper if you don't want yeah. to. If it bothers you that much, just don't do it. Yeah, I don't own a Christmas jumper personally, and I don't just because I can't see the point in buying one. I I always think about getting one, and I just think do I don't really want to spend twenty quid. Well, That's you know, a side of you I've never seen. It would literally be like a once a year thing, just for a kind of like you know, if you're going out for a Christmas dinner or something like that. Um, but it doesn't seem worth spending like thirty quid because they're Bauble, never baubled on the cheap. nipples. No, I wouldn't go that far. Just oh. like you know, just some jolly Santa Claus on it or something. I don't know. Mm. Well, nothing too, um, nothing too major, but you know. Well, let me know. Let me know if you make that. Let purchase. people know I'm not a bad I'd like to. Um, I'd like to have a little photo shoot. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure you would. Um, about words. Uh, so, of me yes, in and then fairly rapidly out of Christmas jumper. Hey man, let's just say the jumper gets smaller as the camera gets hotter. <laughs> Don't know. Uh, so, uh, for this Christmas special, oh yeah, and you know, we wish you all a Merry Christmas or whatever you individually. If you've been, if you've been nice, if you've been naughty, you can fuck off. Uh, well, that, that's Neil's attitude. I, you know, I don't deal with such absolutes. 
Um, but I wasn't raised in the church. Uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, Christmas or whatever winter style holiday that you personally uh, do or don't support. Or if you don't support any of it, just, you know, I hope you have a nice time anyway, nice weekend, you know. You have a bit of time. Less people around. So we are going to look into a little-known Christmas myth, and it is the myth of Perchta, who is a kind of Germanic Christmas witch. So, Neil, how's that got you feeling straight off the bat? That's a strong start. Coming bold out the gate. Um, yeah, um, I mean... Christmas uh, witch. Christmas Pretty witch. Good. Screaming Pretty at good. me in German. That's a bad <laughs> thing you know. Very much like that Santa did when you sat on him. Um, yeah. So I'm going to go a bit through Wikipedia, but there's lots about uh, Perchter. So there's something on Vice, which I might have a look at, and something of Boroughs of the Dead. Sounds like a mm. nice nice place to live, very up and coming. So, Perchter, also commonly known as... We're all going there eventually, Chris. The Boroughs of the Dead. Yeah. <laughs> we are. Also commonly known as Perched, and other variations, was once known as a goddess in the Alpine paganism in the Upper German and Austrian region of the Alps. Her name was... Uh, her name may mean the Bright One, and is probably related to the name... Birchtag, uh, which means the Feast of the Epiphany. Eugene Monk provides an alternative etymology attributing the origin of the name of Perchter to the old High German verb Pergen, meaning hidden or covered. Perchter is often identified as stemming from the same Germanic goddess as Holda and other female figures of German folklore. According to Jacob Grimm and Lottie Motz, Percher is Holder's southern cousin or equivalent. They both share the role of guardian of the beasts and appearing during the 12 days of Christmas where they oversee spinning. Nice. Not the, that, that would be spinning as in collect, making wool into string rather than. Not the political the, spin doctor. Not a political spin doctor or the, um, or the band or of the spin cult, doctors. Or the spin band of spin doctors or the, or the cult exercise. Um, biking oh, class biking. thing. Yeah. yeah. So Grimm says that Perchter, or Birchter, was known precisely in those upper German regions where Holder leaves off, in Swabia and Alsace in Switzerland, in Bavaria and Austria. According to uh, Erika Tim, Perchter emerged from an amalgamation of Germanic and pre-Germanic probably Celtic, traditions of the Alpine region and after the migration period of the early Middle Ages. So, so far, so boring. Let's get into it. <laughs> well, you know, there's a, there's a bit of history there, Chris. Would that the Celts have been around? That? Wouldn't that? Wouldn't they be more on the um, on the uh, West Coast? Germanic. What, the Celts? Yeah. Uh, They're a bit, a bit more around. They were everywhere. France. I mean, the Celts, the Celts started out in the Urals, didn't they? So, yeah, fair enough. But there's Celtic Celtic stuff all across kind of the Alps, and then yeah, very confused with those really early kind of like. Yeah, well, they split some of them, went, aren't they? Yeah, some of them went to northern Spain, which is a very Celtic region. Some of them sort of around um, France, and then you know popped over to the UK and Ooh. Ireland. So 
surprised, surprised it was linked in with Epiphany as well, which would have been more of a well Christian festival, obviously. Well, again, this is a thing but that could where... have been like a, a hanging their hat on it. Well, that's, exactly, fact, that's like what Christmas itself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's from you. That's what yeah. they did, didn't they? Early Christianity, they just went, we'll just stick our stuff where there's already celebrations because it's less of a hassle and people will buy into it a bit more. Yeah. So. Good marketing from the, uh, from the Romans, that. <laughs> Tony! <laughs> Got to know hey. this, guys. Hey, guys, look, we're going to say you're all Christian, right? But you can still have your celebrations at the same time. We'll just add our guy in. And you can celebrate them both, yeah? Maybe make that work, synergize the two different cultures. You get two for one. I've got a bit of Yule. I could have a bit of, <laughs> of eternal life as well. <laughs> Beautiful. Give some one. That's you where the Kinder some... Egg comes from. It is. Yeah. It is. That was, yeah. Upgraded to three to celebrate the Holy Trinity. <laughs> Not a lot of people toy, are aware plastic, of Plastic and toy and yeah. chocolate. I um, always think of Jesus Christ as being like the uh, the lovely milk chocolate surrounding the Holy Ghost of the white chocolate. <laughs> no, no, no. The um, that has, he's the toy inside the Holy Spirit. God, God is the, the you know the plastic framework. Actually, no, that's what, not the... what. What are the three things? No, it's the um, it's the chocolate. It's the toy yeah. and the surprise, isn't it? That's your three for one. The su- surprise is the Holy Ghost because yeah. it's because you know it's not tangible. Yeah. <laughs> well, there you go. Um, that's an excellent analogy, Neil. Thank you for that. Hey, I didn't make it up. Uh, did you not? Uh, Nestle did. Yeah. Nestle did. And, and they are, of course, from the from the Alps. So that's probably yeah. where they got it from. We can. It might be speculation at this point. It could but, be, you know, let's see. Here we go. And look, let, let's just say, let's just say, it's hit. It's hitting a lot of. Uh, <laughs> hitting a lot of the same chords. Coincidence, um, you decide, listener. So, description. In some descriptions, purchase two forms. She may appear as either a beautiful and white as the snow, like her name, or elderly and haggard. Yes, and this many is a of, your nice situation. <clears throat> or possibly not. In, in many old descriptions, Perchter had one large foot, <laughs> sometimes called a goose foot or swan foot, Grim thought that the strange foot symbolised her being a higher being who could shapeshift to animal form. So, yeah, he noticed that Bertha with the strange foot exists in many languages. Uh, I'm not reading them all. Uh, it's apparently a swan maiden's foot, which is a mark of her higher nature. She cannot lay aside. And at the same time, the spinning woman's splay foot that works the treadle. In the Tyrol, she appears as a little old woman with a very wrinkly face, bright, lively eyes, a long hooked nose, and hair dishevelled, her garments tattered and torn. Mm. So. What's spinning all about then? What? What's spinning all about? She's spinning yarn. Don't know yet. Okay, fair Don't enough. Don't know. We'll, we'll find out. Uh, traditional narratives. So initially, Perchter was the upholder of cultural taboos, such as the prohibition against spinning on holidays. There you go, Neil. Oh, there you Not go. allowed to spin on holidays. Uh, in the folklore put of the Christmas. Put, get put that thread down. Gotta meet the orders for Boxing Day St. Stephen's Day. I'm never gonna Doesn't matter. God don't like it. <laughs> uh, why doesn't he like there? it? He moves in mysterious ways. He doesn't like people spinning 
on seven days. He had a rest on the seventh day. What's good enough for him is good enough for you, all right? Stay in the middle. Put it down. Uh, in the folklore of Bavaria and Austria, perched dirt was said to roam the countryside at midwinter and to enter homes during the 12 days between Christmas and Epiphany, especially on the 12th night. She would know whether the children and young servants of the household had behaved well and worked hard all year. If they had, they might find a small silver coin the next day in a shoe or a pail. If they had not, she would slit their bellies open, remove their stomach and guts, and stuff the holes with straws and pebbles. (laughs) (laughs) Crew taxidermy. She was particularly concerned to see that girls had spun the whole of their allotted portion of flax or wool during the year. She would also slit people's bellies open and stuff them with straw if they ate something on the night of her feast day, other than the traditional meal of fish and gruel. It's not much of a feast, is it? Fish and grill. I mean, I suppose, I suppose that, you know, it's equitable, is, isn't it? Grill is just like a like a porridge, isn't it? Like I a think. porridge? Yeah. Fish and porridge, that's all, all right. I wouldn't really call it, yeah, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't really call it a feast. No. <laughs> no, don't get me wrong, a perfectly substantial meal, I'm sure, but... Uh... Yeah. It's weird that they're having fish as well, considering they're in sort of mountainous areas far away from the sea. Maybe that's what makes it special. I mean, there's river fish, obviously. Yeah, well, ice fishing? I don't know. Ice fishing? <laughs> you don't really do that in a mountain. That's no, not really right, the ice is Well, no, but the thing is, they're not living in. Are they? They're not living in the mountains. They're living around the mountains, aren't they? Because they say it was like around our in and around Tyrol and stuff like that. Yeah. yeah. So there's lakes and yeah, stuff. Yeah, there's yeah, plenty of fish. Fishing, it's, it's just normally when you get fish stuff, it's normally a sea, a, you know, sea. Maritime mm. people. So the cult of Perchter, I mean, I've got nothing to back that up. <laughs> I just made that connection in my head. Um, the cult of uh, Perchter, under which followers left foot and under which followers left foot and drink for Frau Perched. Oh, sorry. I've got, I've gone foot mad. The cult of Perchter, under which followers left food and drink for Frau Perched and her followers, in the hope of receiving wealth and abundance, were condemned in Bavaria in the Theosaurus Papyrum, 1468, and by Thomas Ebendorfer von Hasselberg in the Deschim Paraceps. Later canonical and church documents characterised Pechter as synonymous with other leading female spirits, Holla, Diana, uh, Herodias, Richella, and Abundia, Abundia sounds good. So that's your back. That's your background. So I'm going to go to uh, Vice and let's see see what they say about it. Vice, that's always a bastion of reasons. This should be good. <laughs> yeah, sounds like a fun office to work in if you're a young woman. Uh, Christmas law usually comes in the shape of a jolly red suited man winding a sleigh through a starry night. With this trusty band of reindeer, these are oh yeah. Do you know what I am? Um, sorry, I'm going to go off a little bit here, but it is Christmassy. Okay. Um, I was reading about um, the ancient. So they so they've they've found these worked deer deer skulls and antlers mm-hmm. um, in this kind of. Bronze Age site in Denmark. Okay, yeah. And 
Uh, and it's with it, they found like the oldest bow and arrow ever found and that kind of stuff. But it was in like, it was in like a, it's like a peat, peat bog. So it's all really well preserved. And so they found it and they've kind of worked out that kind of the ancient, originally people, you know, in the, when it was found, thought it was maybe to stick it on your head so that you looked more like a deer and didn't scare them. But yeah. looking at cave paintings and stuff, it looks like there was kind of a cross culture of shamans wearing wearing okay. kind of deer antlers and stuff. And um, that was big. That was big across all of kind of Bronze Age, Stone Age, Europe. And in the north parts of Europe, so what is now, well, what was then and is now like the North Pole, so like the Sami people yeah. and the um, native people to Siberia and that kind of stuff, mm-hmm. they would wear, the shaman wear antlers and on the, um, winter, sort of midwinter holiday, they would give gifts to the children. And they reckon that might be very, very far back where the first knockings of Father Christmas came because they used to go round on sleigh with reindeer. And mm. they used to give, and the shaman would give gifts to children um, on the winter holiday. So that through line is pretty good pretty good idea of where that came from. They've airbrushed that out of the uh, Father Christmas story, haven't they, in wearing animal skulls? And, you know, and, it, and it's not a change for the better. Yeah, and, he's always drink, and he's always drinking Coca-Cola. Yeah. <laughs> but I reckon that's maybe where it comes from. And, you yeah, know, makes sense. that kind of make that kind of makes sense. So that kind of obviously has changed. Yeah, so hmm. Difficult to know with folklore, isn't it? But, yeah, it makes sense. Anyway. Sorry, I just thought I'd chip in with that because I found out about it this week. Hmm. So there are, however, some holiday figures who are much more ominous. Chief amongst them is the belly-slitting, child-abducting, half-woman, half-demon alpine monster known as Perchter. Well, they've set out their stall early on, haven't they? According to the old Austro-German legend, Perchter, typical advice. <sighs> Sadly impartial, is it? Good Lord. Perchter is a malevolent pagan goddess who stalks a snowy landscape by night during the 12 days of Christmas. Like Italy's Christmas witch... Uh, Bethana. She is associated with the Feast of the Epiphany on the 6th of January. Perch's aim is simple and chilling, to ensure local customs are upheld under the pain of death. In bygone times, this meant no weaving during the holidays unless she dared to incur Perch's wrath. And what a wrath she had. So I'm just wondering, where does... what? Why did they... Is there, like, some kind of reason why you wouldn't weave to i know apart from like oh god said or whatever but i mean is there any reason why it'd be bad to weave during the holidays christian rather than the pagan thing i can only think it's because because i think i notice as well that she's going to come and gut you if you don't get your spinning done by epiphany so it's a bit of a mixed message but um well no you've got to get it done get it done before 12 days of christmas don't you so maybe it's like a warning I mean, it's got to be done by Epiphany, but you're not allowed to during the 12 days of Christmas. So essentially, what's doing there is it's it, very much like a project manager is putting a bit of a clear deadline that somebody's got to get. Well, it's given a clear deadline, but with some tolerance. So it needs to be done by the 6th, but you're not allowed to do it in the days running up to the 6th. So if you haven't quite finished, then there's still a little bit of time. You might have a bit of time at the end, but probably try and get it done before Christmas. Yeah. Or you'll have, or you'll have to or, or you'll, or you'll be, get your guts will be replaced with straw and stones. I mean, it's not, I mean, I've, I've, I've worked for worse project managers. <laughs> but yeah. You know, many of the time I've been disemboweled by a PM. 
didn't agree with. Um, I mean, so yeah, I get the I get the making people do it by a certain date because you want to get you know it's just to frighten people into. Got get weaving then, haven't you? Yeah. Get your get weaving in the new year, and then then comes spring, and then you start again. I guess it's just so you know because um, they're going to have celebrations. I guess it's they don't want you sitting in the room doing doing weaving. When Why not? Should be it's up to you, though, isn't it? Yeah. Well, I guess uh, I guess the thing is that for tight knit communities, you need to have these celebrations to keep them tight knit. Well, there's that, and then I would imagine as well. To be honest with you, it's probably the same people who are doing the spinning. They were doing all of the cooking and whatnot. Yeah. Isn't Probably it. it isn't so it? you know, yeah, blokes are all just sitting around getting drunk. Oh, the one one percent, one percenters banning banning spinning. So uh, people believed that Percha could enter homes while they slept if she found the inhabitants had not behaved during the year. Percha ripped open their stomachs, they disemboweled them, stuffing the cavity with straw, rocks, oh, and other rubbish, old cans, pie <laughs> hats, uh, straws. She then stitched them up before moving on to her next victim. Oh, okay. So did, were you meant to survive this? No, I don't think so. I think it was just... Why know, would she... I mean, what's she doing with the guts as well? I mean, cooking them. Yeah. Percher was particularly intolerant of unruly children and liked to bring a posse of zombie-like helpers with her on her rampage. Her large and misshapen goosefoot is something linked to tradition of eating goose at Christmas. So this is the first I'm hearing of zombie-like helpers. It is, and so, I've seen somewhere else that apparently she used to sort of hang out with a wild hunt. So there's a, there's a, there's a, there's a thing as well. I mean, can I just say as well, though, she was particularly intolerant of, of naughty children. Was that the Yeah. Thing? I mean... All of these Christmas things are about getting kids to behave. Oh, absolutely. But, but what I'm saying is is that disemboweling people for not having their flax spun, is, it's not exactly tolerant, is it? I mean, no. how, how, how is well, she escalating it? Maybe, um, not, maybe not for you, left-wing bleeding hearts, yeah. Neil, but where I come from, that's very tolerant. Yeah. Can't make an omelette without yeah. breaking eggs. You want to get all your flax spun get... without a few disemboweled workers. You want to get, you know, you want to keep your guts, you know, hit your SLAs. Yeah. So, folklorist John B. Smith writes that Percher's earliest incarnation, dating from the Middle Ages, was as an enforcer of communal taboos. This meant punishing those who dared to weave on days deemed sacred or those who refused to feast with the required enthusiasm. There you go, you see, because you can't be spinning and feasting at the same time. Well, it's basically forced. It's like a Christmas work Christmas party, isn't it? Oh, it was (laughs) like... I had... um... Had one of these recently. It wasn't a Christmas party, but it had a um, what was it? It was like a, you know, my department's the, the director. It's kind of it was. It's not the way days. It was all done virtually. It was all done online. So for the, the last third of it was allocated to the fun part. Was it really good fun? Um, well, I'll let you let you decide. So it was um, being onto a camera with some improv comedians and a lady called Lady Meowington the Third or something. Came out and said, "Oh, let's do some nonsense, random, wacky things." You have right. sixty seconds to think of your team name based on an object that you all held, and then they scored you points based on how well you'd done. And so you're doing sort of improv games, sort of, yeah. It was even there were about sort of hundred people they were trying to go through it with. It didn't didn't go. That oh, smoothly. really? Yeah, that doesn't work. You need a smaller group. <laughs> Emphasis on wackiness as well, um, <clears throat> which you know when you're in a sitting in a cold room in an office isn't necessarily the most fun there okay so you didn't appreciate it i yeah it was, 
wasn't up for it at that time. No, to me, no, to me, I Neil mean, says very carefully in case someone from his work ever listens to this, even though saying that you didn't really enjoy it is absolutely fine. Oh, no, no, no. I, plenty of people had said that they, they were found it a bit take early. It was, no, it was just, um, I mean, I don't want to, you know, good, good luck to them, just sort of young improv comedians trying to sort of make a bit of scratch. But, um, yeah, they, I don't know. It wasn't, it's not it wasn't, their it wasn't, fault that they were hired to do something for an inappropriate group of people. <laughs> not an inappropriate group of people, it just wasn't that great. To be honest with you, I'm mm. saying more than that, and I'm not going to uh, in okay. any way allude to who it was. I probably, you know, but uh, yeah, tell me off camera. <laughs> off mic. In fact, I'm not sure that the name of the thing. I, mean, I don't. Good luck to. I don't want to sort of. Um, but yeah, it wasn't. Uh, anyway, it, look it, for any of those things. You know, sort of man. When you try and be sort of really fun and wacky, sometimes less is more, isn't it? So. Uh, Smith notes as more peasant women entered the workforce. Perchter's focus turned on to tormenting the lazy. Perchter is a sinister figure, Smith writes, who punished the slovenly, the idle, and the greedy, and the inquisitive. Fucking inquisitive. Tell you what, me and Perchter would Keep not get... Keep your nose out. Me and Perchter would not get help. No. I am idle. I can be greedy. Quite slovenly, and I'm quite inquisitive, so... <laughs> kind yeah. of cross across the board... Yeah, we'd, 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 be, we'd be button heads early on. I like to work smart, not hard now. Exactly. Yeah. So, Erin's children got tossed into a sack. Why are we spinning all this blacks? What the fuck are we going to do with it? <laughs> What's it for? Get it spun, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Let's move to a just-in-time production facility. Got to be better ways to do this. Erin's children got Blacks tossed into us. fucking piling up in the warehouse. There's nothing else we can put in there. Yeah, what are we doing with them? You've got to throw you all this end to end at all, have you? Exactly. What's the, yeah? What's the end-to-end process here? Which yeah. strategy? Um, fucking that's nonsense. Oh god, what's it called? Six warehouses full of fucking fracks. Yeah, it's fucking hell. Have you, haven't you even? Aren't He's you even a green belt in, Aren't you even a green belt in Six Sigma? Yeah. <laughs> you can sort yourself out. Right. So, Erin children got tossed into a sack and carted off with their legs dangling out as a warning to others. In one story, a young farmhand who incurs her ire by spying on her goes blind. Although his sight is ultimately restored, the message is clear. Don't mess with Birdstar. Second time won't be so lucky. Yeah. It's a sentiment echoed by authors and independent scholar Stephen Morris, who has written about Perchter. I think my favourite story is when she intrudes on a wedding reception she was not invited to attend. He said, it sounds like the wicked fairy in Sleeping Beauty, right? She curses the bride and the groom and the whole wedding party by transforming them into wolves. I'll be honest with you, Frau Perchter is a bit of a fucking downer, isn't she? Yeah, it's a... But just barging in places, very judgy, cursing just... everyone <laughs> for not for not being invited. What have you done lately? Well, no wonder nobody's inviting you to any weddings. Yeah, you, you might go around disemboweling people, stealing kids. It's pretty much the mate she killed this year. <laughs> inviting to my wedding? You have a laugh? Do you have any idea how much it costs per head to have a wedding? Yeah. <laughs> and the only income we've got is fucking flax. Yeah. Which we're not selling. We're not. We're not selling it because it's just piled up flax. Nobody's doing any fucking weaving because they've just sorted this out. So frightening tales of Perchter are certainly entertaining, but there's more to her legend than horror and mayhem. I first heard about Perchter in a book of German fairy tales. Rebecca Bright tells me that's how she talks further. Yeah, she's a. <laughs> <laughs> 
She's a forager, witch, and a scholar of Appalachian folklore and magic who feels a strong connection to Perchta. Of course she does. I find any creature or goddess figure that holds any aspect of terror interesting. She's one of many jewel-faced goddesses, both fair and ugly, dark and light. I guess it's difficult not to find renaissance with deity figures that are so frankly human, like us. With these big oppositional aspects that remind us, in all the light there is shadow, no matter how much we like to ignore it. The thing is, I think that... Pretty dark shadow, disemboweling people. Do you say yeah, Appalachian as well? So, yeah. It's America. not Appalachian. No, it's, she, she's based in America. Yeah. yeah. And she looks at witch stuff. No, I just so, think she sounds sound a bit more like one of the characters on Justified than... Uh, yeah, that's true. Yeah, anyway. Um, but uh, I am suspicious of anyone who says that they feel a strong connection with... Um, a goddess, to be honest. Yeah, you're bigging yourself up there a bit, aren't you? I take yeah. the point about the kind of light and shade thing. I mean... Oh, well, that's, an, fucking, uh, that's an original point, isn't it? Well, Things yeah. aren't black and white. Yeah. <laughs> Brilliant. Thanks very much. Yeah, Chris, Thanks very a, much. What, you find that, out with, find that out doing your witchcraft, did yeah. you? Somebody asked him to make a point. You made a point. It's not that I thought it's a bit cliche. You know? Both claws built of fairly basic building blocks. It's like the blues, you know? Like the blues. Yeah. It's still beautiful expressive for that. Also all, very big in Appalachia. Yeah. So, Rebecca's point about Perchter's duality speaks to the contrast that make her so fascinating. Her name means bright one, which refers to uh, iterations of Perchter legend, which depict her as youthful and white as snow, as opposed to the elderly and hag-like. She may be a dab hand, a belly slitting, and a close associate of Krampus, but, as Morris points out, she's also known as Grandmother Winter, the woman who makes the snow, probably the most family-friendly version of her, he adds. Perch's legend stretches back hundreds of years, but her popularity shows no sign of diminishing. In Austria and elsewhere, she remains a very visible part of Christmas festivals. A perfect example is the Perchtenlauf, which, as Bayer explains, is a masked procession full of noise-making fireworks and people, generally men, dressed as terrible beasts with large horns. The perchant, or followers of Perchter, serve to frighten away the cold, evil spirits of winter by out-uglying them. There you go. They are so fearsome themselves that they aim to scare the very cold away. There were well-documented attempts to of at suppression in the 17th and 18th century, but today these possessions have experienced a revival. We're even seeing these in America now, which delights me. Mm. And I'd love to have one in Asheville, NC, North Carolina, where I live someday. Each year, Bayer makes the epiphany by preparing one of Perch's favourite meals. I personally enjoy leaving out a meal of oat gruel and herring for her on the 6th of January and having some myself in her honour. I also enjoy creating art and imagery of her to honour her so she does not become a forgotten goddess like me. It's a sentiment shared by many uh, every Christmas, wherever perched her and her terrifying deeds are celebrated. The thing that occurs to be going through that, Chris, scaring the cold away, 
Do you think? Mm. Do you think perched and flying around with a mob is what the Gulfstream? I think by. it could be. Yeah, could be. Could be the Gulfstream. That's, that's why we've got an unseasonably temperate climate in southern England. Yeah, but that also doesn't explain. I mean, why they worshipped her where they did, where obviously the Gulfstream is of no use. No, that's true. Yeah, maybe they were. Maybe they were getting their get the Brits out of out of Germany. Maybe. Maybe they were getting the rituals a bit like slightly wrong, so it hit a bit too high up. Yeah, who knows? It's all possible now. It's all possible. So, uh, what do you think of Perchter? It's kind of a lot of these Christmas things, monsters, I guess, (laughs) um, that I've found. They're quite similar, and they they all seem to be a way of. I mean, as we know, even Santa, a way of controlling children. Like a lot of the urban myths, to be honest, in general, is, a, is controlling kids. Not, not just children, though, but I think anyone, you know, anyone having to sort of work. And, uh, yeah, I mean, you can see how it's kind of appeared. I mean, psychotic would be the, the word. It's it, it's not great for uh, for a modern audience, I guess. But, no, it's quite... Like, it's, I like I do like the duality aspect. I know mean, it's a bit obvious, but... Um, but it did, nobody seems. To, everyone seems to focus on the um, disemboweling aspect. Quite well, to know what she that's does. A money shot, she's Mother it? Winter. I mean, it is. well, she yeah. leaves. A, she leaves a silver coin and brings the snow. Oh, okay. So, yeah, yeah, shall we think that's through? what Bing Crosby was thinking of when he was singing White Christmas? What perched her? Yeah. Well, yeah. Rumours had it that he did um, have a did have a series of uh, gruesome murders, yeah. Mister Crosby. Rumours have it. Um, apparently, he was under the influence of the uh, CIA at the time. Um, he part of MK know, Ultra. Just MK Ultra. Shoved a load of acid into one of his pipes. <laughs> oh no! What have I done? <laughs> Don't know. That's Elvis, isn't it? I can, I can, I can, that could explain that video with him and David Bowie. Always makes me laugh. You seem like boy. a fine, upstanding young man. <laughs> Do you know oh, a song called so. Little Drummer Boy? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, no, I know that one's fine. Yeah, it's one of my favourites. Yeah, I love it. Yeah, it's a great song. Uh, Yeah, Bowie. Me and Bowie both born in Bromley. Mm. Little tip for you there. Very, very similar characters. Um, So, Neil, shall we go through... love your mind. I do love my mind. Shall we go through our scoring system? Yes, let's. has yet to fail us. So, Neil, uh, spookiness... I'll let you go first. Okay. Mm, interesting. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, it kind of is quite spooky, isn't it? Getting this As it's Christmas. Yeah. yeah. Hey, it's my present. Um, yeah, it is quite spooky, isn't it? Um, you know, mm. having having some woman come around and judge your your Good house guts. and your, 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 your workload and then disemboweling you if you don't meet sufficient criteria for um, I mean, obviously, it's kind of... And it's also, it's quite spooky, but that's a... a a form of coercion that was obviously used to try and sort of scare people into compliance. Um, I like the fact that it's kind of that that way of managing people's productivity has has really only um, evolved. It hasn't changed. So, mm-hmm. so you know, if you're in a call centre or something, then the you know the modern equivalent being like will will sack you and obviously you don't have loads of money because you're working in a call center so you're normally one paycheck away from living on the streets so it hasn't really checked i mean they don't slit your guts open although i'm sure they would if they could but um it's the same kind of 
stick rather than carrot form of management style, which hasn't really changed. Anyway, they'll learn, Chris. <laughs> um, yeah, no, fair, fair point. Uh, yeah, I mean, hey, at least she's honest, isn't she? You know what you're getting. If you don't get your work, exactly. then you're getting a disemboweling. Firm but fair. <laughs> um, yeah, no, pretty spooky on that front. And um, but, it, but it's a bit, yeah, it's kind of like, I don't know, there's something weird about it just being related to the sort of world of work, but yeah. Well, and and um, and cultural taboos, <laughs> source of it. Yeah, you don't step out of line as well. Um, yeah, yeah, I suppose there is, there is that. Yeah, it, it, I mean, it's not absolutely chilling the booms. Turn but, up at um, your wedding, turn everyone into wolves. Yeah, that was pretty. Yeah, that's pretty. Um, a bit out there, wasn't it? That was. Yeah, bit left field. Yeah, I'm not quite sure what that was all about. Yeah, she'll come in. She'll come in pretty hard. Yeah, I'll give this. A, um, I'm going to give it. Well, I'm not angry. I'm going to give it a seven now. Seven. I'm annoyed. Perched. Mm. I don't want to get disembarrassed because too low a score. Well, not this close to Christmas. Um, yeah. So it's kind of. Well, they say it's kind of medieval, but that's when they started writing it down. Um, I think clearly it's an old. It's older than that, isn't it? And it's been. It's an old Celtic or whatever the people of that kind of area were. Um, and then it's, yeah, it's kind of, they bound it in with Christianity like they did with all the old myths. So it's an old one. Um, yeah, I mean, it's, I mean, it's quite, she's not particularly spooky because she's either, if she's good, then she's an albino young woman. And if she's gonna slit your guts open, she's an old woman. But she's not. She's not like. Um, although she has, got, she has got the foot of a. She has got one the foot. foot of a goose, just, another one she has got a goose's yeah. foot. So that might be a bit weird. Um, but I don't find that scary. Although that you know the, the things she does are quite horrific. Um, it's just like. There's not a lot around cursing and that kind of stuff. There's not a lot of supernatural stuff. It just seems to be a nice bus of ultraviolence. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't know. I mean, it's not like the devil leaving a hoof print in the snow, is it? She's going to fucking cut you. It's a knife, yeah. It's like a cop. look at you. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, all right. I'm going to give it a spookiness of six. Um, but then I would give I would give a cop me the same. Um, so believability. So, um, yeah, uh, I mean, it's obviously just like a fun-ish myth these days. Um, people may have believed it at the start. I'm not sure. Um, again, it's it's difficult because it's not like a ghost story or something like that, or like a. It's kind of a, a story about a goddess, so that's kind of it, it makes it more theological. <laughs> Um, I don't know. Um, uh, I don't believe that this person existed. Um, <laughs> surprisingly. Really? Yeah, I know. It's weird, isn't it? How do you explain all those disembowled women then? Of which there were no records. Um, but I think, I believe that it was used as a way to keep people in line, like all of these things. Um, so I'm just going to go, I'm going to give it a believability of three nil. Fair enough. I mean, I'm going to take a slightly different tack insofar as it was probably, you know, considered a bit more believable by people at the time. Again, it, mm. one assumes it was a reasonably effective form of coercion if it's still being banded about to this day. 
Um, and, you know, it's kind of like, it takes on that level of mythology, doesn't it, which is a slightly different kettle of fish. So just, you know, do you, do you think they had alligators in the sewers in New York or whatever it might be? Um, so for that basis, I'm going to give it a five. Five, okay. So, Reach, uh, you can go first, Neil. Yeah, okay. So I've, again, never heard of this one, but um, it's clearly one that's been around for a very long time. Again, mm. it's it's kind of uh, reached that mythological status. It's going to be... Uh, I don't think I can go too high here because I don't think it'd be a very commonly known one. It's No. It's one of those ones where, you know, this kind of... I mean, obviously you have... Localised mything. We've we've very much, for, you know, we've we've airbrushed the kind of nastiness out of um, the Christmas. Christmas folklore. So jolly, jolly old Nick Santa and... Uh, <laughs> You know, oh, yeah, and, what, yeah, and Jesus. What, yeah, what the fuck is Chris Kringle? I haven't, I haven't, I haven't got a clue. Americans talk about Chris Kringle, Chris Kringle, yeah. I think it's What's just that. Well, it just sounds a bit like Christmas, doesn't it? It's like, well, no, raised. but they like, no, no, it's like a, another name for Santa Claus. What? No, no, I know, but it's well, I think it's just a slang name, isn't it? I mean, that's rich stupid. people. Well, we've got plenty of silly words for things, you know, we, we like a bit of slang, don't we? Christ Kringle, a.k.a. Christchild. <laughs> Who is Chris Kringle? Okay, I'm going to look at the Wikipedia page. That one looks like it might be. Yeah, now. let's find out. Sorry to uh, take a left turn, but I want to know what, what the fuck's going on with Chris Kringle, because it's mentioned loads in American stuff, and no one's ever heard of it, apart from Americans. Oh, well, you say that, but... Um, or, or whatever it, it we have It might come from Austrian and German Christmas no, bringing the Christchild called the Christkindle. The Christ kind. So Chris Kringle is Jesus. Well, it's it's another name they've gone for. It's for Santa Claus, but it's there's um, it's basically looks like there's a, a Germanic kind of tradition where you've got the Christ kind, which is a, you know, well Jesus basically becoming a gift giver. Um, so Jesus and also, Santa. The secret Santa apparently become the gift is from the Christ Kindle tradition. So Christ kind of gem was Chris Kindle, and then that became yeah. Chris Kringle. It yeah. became sort of anglicised, as it's uh, one assumes, you know, like um, yeah, 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 people from Germany went over to America, and then it kind of right, became so anglicised. I'm still not sure what it is. Um, so it's um, about another name for Santa Claus, basically. It doesn't really say... It's so what's it got to do with Jesus? Santa's Jesus? Yes. Well, no, that, um, that's a bombshell. Well, it was a bit like, um, what's his face, um, Judas becoming a vampire or becoming Dracula, isn't it? You know, it all goes back to the Bible, Chris. Right, who is Chris King on Christmas? It's difficult to find out, isn't it? Hang on So it seems to derive from, as I say, Chris, Chris Kindle, which is yeah. Germanic for Christ yeah, child. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hang on a second. But I'm just looking at my way. Who is Chris Kringle? In the US, most of the UK, most of the UK, not really. He's portrayed no, as either Santa Claus or Father Christmas, a return charitable nomad, yada, yada, yada. Oh, this is just about um, the, the origins of Santa Claus. Ugh. All right, hang on a minute. Yes, yeah, so that's what I mean. So, like, in America, Chris Kringle and Santa Claus seem to be interchangeable. Yeah, they totally to an extent, Or it's another name for him. But yeah. I don't know. But Chris Kringle, or Christ Kringle, or whatever you said, is Jesus. So He's Christchild. Um, yeah. yeah, Webster's Dictionary traces Chris Kringle back to the German Christkindl, meaning Christ child. If you say Chris Kringle again, I'm going to kill you. 
Oh, shit. <laughs> Fucking ass. You can go crying to me and tell you what the etymology of Chris Kringle. Yeah, you do. Fucking find it out for you. You can sort of piss and moan about it. Um, <clears throat> yeah, there you go. You know. Also, he's apparently in Ireland. I've never heard anyone in England no. or Ireland call him Chris Kringle. In Canada and so, Australia as well. No. <laughs> anyway, it, it basically it, it comes from a Germanic name for, for Jesus. He was one of the original. In, in a Pennsylvanian German context, the Rimpton Pass, properly baby Jesus, not Santa Claus. What's the actual origin of the first? No, I don't know. So somehow Tim, they, they corrupted a, a name for Jesus and, and knocked it on. And added it, it yeah. made it Santa's. Because, I mean, yeah, because the origins of Santa Claus as well, they, they reckon it's St. Nicholas, don't they, is where well, it may yeah. have come from. Well, yeah, I mean, I'm sure there was, you know. Well, and the shaman. Possibly. Not yeah. the man. But a lot of the actual. Okay, well, been... there we go. So basically, it's been yeah. mis- misused. It's been and, it's in, yeah. and it's now in popular. Yeah, it's now popular in popular parlance. use as a name for, for Santa Claus in the US, the UK, not Ireland, Australia, not so, Canada. So, and, yeah, so no. just to let you know, if you're in the, the US, uh, Chris Kringle actually means Christ child. So you are calling Santa Jesus. Uh, right, so uh, reach now. Sorry, he's the Holy Ghost. Maybe he's <laughs> who knows. Um, sorry, what's we got? Reach. Okay. Um, so yeah, I I'll give it. I think it needs the reasonable score for the posterity. But oh, yeah, I'd, I'd never heard yeah. of it. I don't think it's something that's really commonly well known at the moment. Um, it'll be around for you know relatively small area as well. Not very inhabited. Yeah. I'm, considering how long it's been around for, I'm going to have to give it, I think, um, a five. But, uh, yeah, I can't go any higher than that just because it's just not something that people... Yeah, really I agree with you, days. Neil. It's not a very popular... It's a very specific geographical area, um, which is that kind of alpine sort of area. Um, and, you know, southern Germany and Austria and stuff. But it's not a very populated area. Um it is old, but it's not really. It, it's not had the breakthrough that, say, Krampus has had because Krampus is much better known. Um, I don't know why. Maybe it's because she slits people's stomachs open. But I think Krampus does some shit as well. We're a bit less obsessed with flax these days. I think. Do you reckon it's? Uh, do you reckon it's the? I'm not sure. I knew what flax popular, was before we started the popularity of flax. Yeah. Weaving's taken on a bit less of a, you know. Yeah, maybe the industrial revolution had had for her, I think. Um, But she's still around. She was furious about them as well. You can't disembowel those, can you? Um, Who were those people who did that? The Luddites. The Luddites, that's it. Um, So, yeah, I want to go with, like, for posterity and the fact that, you know, a good few million, you know, maybe 10 million people know about it and celebrate it, or don't celebrate it but know about it, but... You know, when we're talking urban, le- you know, the, the the scale of urban legends that we do, that's not very many. So I want to go five to probably the Black Volga's more known, <laughs> to be honest. Um, so narrative premise. So um, it's a st- it's difficult with these Christmas premises because all of these monsters seem to have a very similar mo, um, but we don't know which ones came first or anything. Um, I like the fact that she brings the snow or, I mean, if the duality thing's not really explained very well so far that we've seen, 
But, you know, she can bring the snow, which they say is a good thing, but I would imagine in the medieval times that them getting snow probably wasn't a particularly great thing, apart from made stuff look nice, but it's probably, you know, well, you're not food. under... From get your food for a bit longer. Get your, fl- get your flax <laughs> frozen. Get your flax nice and frozen. I don't know, it might preserve your food a bit, mightn't it? Maybe. I don't, I don't know. know. Don't yeah. um, so that and the silver, you know, silver penny. I mean, there's there's always... The silver penny seems pretty ubiquitous, um, but that's fine. Um, but I like, I do like the fact that, that I've seen... Well, no, that's not true. That It could be true. That, that I've looked into that she's currently the most violent Christmas deity that I've seen. Although there are ones that definitely eat kids and stuff. So we'll, we'll go into yeah. them another Christmas next year. <laughs> we'll have a look at one of them. Um, and that, I mean, you know, I like, I like flax. I like the fact that flax is heavily involved in it. Obviously I'm a big flax head. Big weaving fan. Yeah. Yeah. I'm a weave stand. Yeah. Uh, weave stand. Yeah. Uh, so, I'm going to give it a five again. Okay. I'm torn on this one because I, I quite like some of the little features, but there's not a lot to it. It's, it's the same with a lot of kind of like minor mythological characters. Um, you know, there's kind of some fun little details. I like the goose leg. That's good. Mm, that is good. It's a nice little touch. One one leg for spinning, one leg for goosing. <laughs> I don't know what she's doing with that goose leg, but anyway, I can't remember what they said. No, I can turn all of myself into a beautiful woman apart from this one leg. I'm gonna have to keep this goose because uh you know I'm very much I'm very much tied to to the animal because, kingdom. Aren't, you know, I think she's she's picking against the patriarchy and she's not, you know, bound by traditional standards of female beauty, which I think is a good thing. I think you know, right. Um Yeah, I, I like I like the fact that it's um, you know, representing the ladies as well, so that's good. Um but yeah, it's 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 the problem is once you once you're disemboweling people for everything, it kind of like you've got no escalation point. So, because she steals some of the kids, and also now start, and then start crashing weddings. <laughs> so that's true. Yeah, so you turn people into wolves. I don't know. I, I think she seems not... to be most famous for the disemboweling and stuffing his stomach full of litter and straw and pebbles. But it seems like she does when she feels like it. Just does some other shit. Yeah, she'll be an agent of chaos. Yeah, I reckon you could get a couple of series, knock out a couple of series on um, Netflix about I reckon. this. Right. Yeah, you know, um, it get, get a bit repetitive, and you'd have to go back to the disemboweling. Moonweavers. I, I think the, the trick there, Chris, is you leave the disemboweling until the end of season one. Yeah, of course. Season, you know, you keep snow, you keep that you keep that ace away in the pack until you're ready to play it out. And everyone's like, goes, "Oh, what? what are you going to do, Goosefoot?" And then 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 comes out the knives. It's like, you wouldn't like me when I'm angry. <laughs> it's fucking all over the shop. Yeah, the, it'll be called the Snow Weavers, of course. Yeah. Using my using my system, my no, algorithm. No, you haven't spun on the flax, Grandma. What are you going to do about it? Yeah. <laughs> 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 Shitty metal kicks in. I think I've just took myself into a six. <laughs> so is that going to be a six? That's going to be a six. Lovely. All right. That gives us an overall score of 42. Oh, not too not bad. We got. We will have to, at some point, uh, write down the list of what everything got scores-wise, because I don't know. 
How yeah, about we, you? We've, we've got a. I'd like to see a see a little bit of a sample and then see how much distribution we're getting. Yeah, I think there's a lot of there's a lot that are kind of there's a lot landing in that kind of forty zone, aren't they? 30, yeah, I think thirty so. to fifty zone. I'd like to see if we've got any like broken into the fifties, for example. Well, there are there are a few. No, no, we've we've had yeah. Well, I guess, many, so I guess you know. I guess if you is it, you know like a classical a, bell curve distribution. Bell, or is it, yeah, I think it is. Yeah, and you know again, well, let's, that, let's plot it and see. And again, that backs up that backs up the the validity the algorithm, of the doesn't it? Yeah, absolutely. Okay, well, um, if you want to uh, send us any Christmas vouchers or anything, uh, there is a list of uh, there's an Amazon wish uh, Amazon list wish list Amazon wish list on uh, on my OnlyFans. Perched so, a Christmas jumper, that'd be good. Yeah, on my OnlyFans. So have a look at that. Um, but if you've got any uh, Christmas uh, myths or anything you'd like us to look at in the new year. Um, you can email us at herb.legends.podcast at gmail.com. And next week we will be looking at an urban myth, which is about the new year. Mm. There is such a thing. And so I will just say from Urban Legends uh, and me personally, have a Merry Christmas or Kwanzaa or whatever you're doing. Or, you know, just stay safe, guys, and have a have a nice time, whatever you're doing. Uh, so I will say goodbye from me, Chris. Have a good one. Cheers. Bye. Bye.